to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand. And with me today on this dark day as it gets dark now at like 4.30. And a dark day was Saturday as well. We'll talk about that. But here is Logan Stump. Howdy. How's everybody? How are you? Hey, you know, living the dream. How you doing? I'm doing, uh, we're getting there. (laughs) We are getting there. Um, Saturday was rough. Sunday was a little better. Today has been a a little better. So that's been fun. I just published the video for anybody that wants to watch that of my time at Subaru Park for the MLS watch party. So uh, for MLS Cup watch party, fun experience, really top moment in philadelphia union fandom for a lot of people that were there because it was it was really full it may not look it on my video because you know like i'm they didn't put anybody nobody wanted to sit on the other side of the stadium because Mm. it'd be a harder view of the screen so it was usually like if you're looking at my background here everybody was sitting on the side that is like closest to the camera here yeah right and then all on the field level um so that field was full and then this whole side here was completely full too so it was uh quite a bit of people there and it was a beautiful day 75 degrees in november um so we didn't have to worry about like rain or like uh you know the cold making people not want to show up we got Hmm. um quite a good turnout there and I got there early, which I would is usually a problem going up to Chester at times. 95 is usually busy, even on Saturdays. But it took us like an hour to get up there, which is like the fastest I've ever gotten there. <laughs> and it was uh pretty good. Um, I will, we'll, we'll talk about the game here in a second because I have lots to say, and I'm sure Logan has quite a bit to say here too but just uh before we do uh just some little things that the transfer window opened up the trading window that always happens for an hour during the during the day after mls cup you know these nice unique mls things uh cameron dunbar from the galaxy gets traded to minnesota he's like a 19 year old uh forward 
uh, 20 year old, sorry. Uh, he's going to be joining them as a homegrown player in exchange for a third round pick in the 2023 MLS super draft. So we'll see what that does for Minnesota. Doesn't really feel like a Heath player to me. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see, I guess. But they also got GAM. Uh, LA received 75K of conditional GAM. Uh, that's if he meets certain performances. Uh, Minnesota traded to St. Louis, uh, Aziel Jackson, and that is for up to uh, 225K in GAM. So, again, performance measure there um he was a mls next pro best 11 midfielder for minnesota united so uh i'm not really sure what to make of that you know these are kind of a lot of depth moves st louis also picked up jared stroud from atlanta i mean not atlanta sorry from austin um austin received 100k in gam and uh, Stroud is reuniting with a f- with head coach Bradley Carnell, who is coaching for St. Louis as they work together at the Red Bulls. So he's kind of going to somewhere that is familiar to him. So that's that's good for Jared Stroud. And then FC Dallas signed Sebastian Legette to a long term deal, a new three year contract for Sebastian Legette at uh, FC Dallas. It's pretty legit. Yeah. Uh, well, we also had uh, some – so the players are starting to get uh, their – what's it called? Um, the, the players for the U.S. men's national team this today were starting to get notified. And the official announcement is like 5 p.m. on uh, Wednesday. So we'll probably have an episode Wednesday where we'll uh, talk about that. But some of the stuff is actually leaking out. Um let me see if I can find that. I had retweeted some of this stuff, but it was uh, leaked out by the players. You know, are starting to tell people. Okay, they told Nico and uh, uh, Michelle from um, Univision. Four center backs. Uh, are going to be in there, and they are Walker Zimmerman, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Aaron Long, and Timmy. Tim Ream. Tim Ream. We've been asking for it, and I'm sure some people are going <laughs> to somehow turn that into a negative. But uh, <laughs> Tim Ream is going to make the squad, uh, which is great. He's been playing so well for Fulham. And uh, when you're down, it seems like Chris Richards is not going to be ready then at that point, since he's not on the list. You need somebody that's a little bit more experienced, somebody that has played before and is playing at a Premier League level right now. So uh, good for Tim. That's really all that leaked, I think, so far <laughs> um, is the center backs. So we'll keep really an eye on important that. stuff, though. That's one of the questions we had. The forward is going to be the next one that'll be, I Mm -hmm. I, I really wonder how that'll leak. Um, But so far, can't really complain too much. I know people are going to complain about Aaron Long, but I think Cameron Carter Vickers getting called in and Tim Ream getting called in with Walker Zimmerman. That's all good news. I think to my opinion. Anyway. 
you know, I think those two were the names that were thrown out there as possible replacements for center backs that we had had in the past. So, I mean, I know those are both, uh, Vickers has played really well. Um, and Tim Ream has been phenomenal. So, um, I think, I mean, I, I, it's not ideal. I think you would like to have miles obviously. And I still think there was some moments where I think Johnny Anthony Brooks helps on this roster, but, um, I think that was, that was gone once the minute, uh, the, the minute that Johnny Brooks is left out of the team um, for Greg, I think that was ultimately just the end of him. Whoa, we're on a ride with Jordan. Welcome to the Magic Carpet Ride with Jordan Weekend. All right, I don't know what exactly. Well, I saw a spider on my wall, so I had to kill oh. it, and then I guess it knocked my. Um, it knocked my uh, camera a little bit. So it's normal now, though. Yeah. All right. There we go. <laughs> uh, I shrunk a little bit, though. <laughs> I, still, I don't know what happened there. Okay. But uh, yeah, so lots of moves going on here. We'll have full roster stuff on the 9th. And then I think next Monday, we're going to be doing our World Cup preview because we'll mm-hmm. be like a week away from the World Cup. So we'll have that uh, coming for you as well soon. So lots of good stuff coming on. Uh, we also have the expansion draft on the ninth. Is that right? No, the ninth. Uh, no, no, no. Cause the ninth is the roster. When is the expansion draft? It's soon, right? Is it also the ninth or the 11th? MLS is. Oh, don't give me that. It's giving me the number that it wants. November 11th. Friday. Yeah, so we'll probably talk about that Monday, and I can just break that into its own 30-minute thing, and then we can talk World Cup or whatever. Yeah, expansion draft is November 11th, 2022. You can watch it on MLSsoccer.com. The deadline for clubs to exercise options on players are November 14th. The opening of free agency starts November 16th, and the super draft is December 21st of 2022. So... Uh, and uh, between that time, we're going to have the World Cup happen. So lots of stuff going on here. It should be fun. But we got one more game to talk about for MLS, and that is MLS Cup 2022, hosted it in L.A. Uh, Was it one of the best MLS Cups of all time or the best? Lots of people saying the best. Uh, I take a little issue with that, I guess. But it was, uh, uh, it was so electric being in Subaru Park with all the Union fans and got to see friend of the show, Todd, from the free kick and got to see our friend Rich, former roommate, uh, Rich. Uh, it was great. Um, that was all the build up to it. And it was cool walking in and like you got to walk through the gate and like immediately onto the field and then just go walk and find your seat. Like that was really, really cool. And uh I have never been on the field of, of Subaru Park, so that was that was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, then we went and sat down. We got, like, this seat where I was, like, sitting like this and then having to just look a little bit up to my left for the screen. But they were, like, nice padded seats, like, because they were right near the benches. So it was some really good, like, probably very expensive seats. It was, like, the first row. We were sitting in, like, the second row of, mm. like, field level. Um so that was really cool. But uh, 
what wasn't really cool for me and the rest of Subaru Park is that the Union falls short against LAFC in penalties. This was, I I saw some people saying like a very cagey affair in the first half, and I I guess I get that, but I don't know. I was hanging on, I guess because it was my team. I was I was really hanging on every pass of the ball. I didn't see it as being that low quality of a first half like some people did. But uh, second half really kicked into gear. So, you know, halftime, Union go down uh, 1-0. They come out. And I told my wife before it started, the second half, I said we need an early goal in the second half and then a late winner. And I was right about – I was almost right about both of those. But I was right about the – you know, I guess it's still early, right? It was like 15 minutes and 10 10 minutes into the uh, second half that we scored – to equalize it and it was Gazdag uh who did that and the place erupted they played they played the dupe song and everybody's bouncing it was really cool and then uh 83rd minute when Logan said Logan's texting me and he says there's gonna be a game winner in like the 83rd minute and then LAFC scored and I was like well you're right (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately you were correct but he wasn't correct because then Jack Elliott is going to equalize late in the second half, like 80 what was that 86 minutes. It was like two minutes later. Um, and yeah. the place was bumping again. It was, it was absolutely crazy. And that was the moment Logan, when we went down to one that I had stopped believing I had, I, for people that don't know, I've been talking about it on this show. Last week, I predicted 2-1 win. I actually woke up on Saturday and had to make an MLS Cup winning graphic for LAFC because I hadn't done so yet. And I was thinking about not doing it because I was thinking, we got this. I don't know. There was It wasn't like cockiness. It was like something trying to tell me that you're going to win, like uh, almost like divine intervention, which can sound cocky, I guess. But I really just felt it was their year this year. So I was like, I'll make one as a safety net. I'm not going to go all out like I did for the Union one. Union one, I have like five players on it. looks fantastic. looks awesome. And then the LA one, I got Carlos Vela on it. (laughs) It's like all I did. I was like, boom, we're done. It's shiny, though. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so that that was a lot of uh, fun, trying to quickly get that together and then heading up to the stadium. And uh, so then – I don't know. I felt so very confident. And when it went down, when we went down in the 83rd minute, I was like, geez, that that's it. We don't have enough time to come back. And I like, everybody's like standing and just like silent. And I just like slunk down in my seat and I just like held my head in my hands. And I was like, that's it. And then like, literally as I'm like, just they're playing and they're like about to take this free kick. And I'm just like staring, like, What's the point? It goes into the back of the net. And I was like, oh, my God. And everybody loses their mind. And uh, we um, we go into uh, extra time. And I told everybody, so we need to win this in extra time. Because especially when um, Crapo got uh, injured and took out Corey Burke, when you see McCarthy on the bench, and for some people – and even newer union fans, 
who may not have any idea who McCarthy is. He had a legendary run in the 2015 Open Cup and did very well in penalties in a game or two that he kind of got blocked by Andre Blake. Obviously, Blake got picked in like 2014, but he was like our cup goalkeeper for that period. And and uh, some people were like asking for him to start over Blake at times because he was just being like lights out. And you see that and you're like, okay, he's against his former team. He's really good at penalties. <laughs> I don't like this. We have to win this outright. And I thought we did. 124th minute, Jack Elliott, who had him for a brace, is going to score a goal that makes us lose our mind. I hug Rich. I turn and hug my wife. And part of me is nagging at me saying it's not over yet. And I'm like seeing the shirt and the hat that I'm going to buy. And I'm like, seeing all this stuff in my mind, you know, and then literally they need a minute and a half to hold on. And Gareth Bale jumps up and heads it in. And then we go penalties and oh my God, that was a disaster. That was a disaster because it was, uh, Blake saves one and you have hope. And then <laughs> literally it all goes downhill, like in a flaming ball at that point when, Gazdag slips, puts it over the bar, and then McCarthy makes two saves, and you don't even convert one. And I told Rich, Blake needs to make two saves. He only made one. Obviously, he didn't have a lot of chances. He only had, like, three that he faced. <laughs> Wasn't good. Um, but, yeah, uh, so that was kind of the thing. And one of the things that I was thinking about during all of this is the differences in the bench. When you can bring in Gareth Bale, fresh legs and like stoppage time, extra time, and the union are having to bring on Donovan, uh, which a lot of people were confused about because like Quinn Sullivan may have been the better option. Donovan doesn't play as much. I don't know. Look, that wasn't going to change much anyway, <laughs> but it was just kind of one of those moments where you're like, we're kind of out of our league in that sense, right? Like, if LA had lost, it would have been a disaster. They were at home. They actually gave up more possession than they usually do. And they had Gareth Bale on their bench that they brought in fresh legs. And if he hadn't scored, I think, and the union win three, two, I think, I don't know. I don't know what would be the big news story. Part of me thinks the news story would be how underachieving uh, that LAFC squad was with, you know, they brought in Bale and Chiellini just to win MLS Cup. So I really wonder how it would have been portrayed, Logan, if they had lost. <laughs> because now it's like, they're like, it's like a movie. It's a, you know what? And I haven't even been able to freaking watch any of the trophy celebrations. I They turned it off as soon as the ball hit the back of the net. <laughs> for that last penalty, the union shut that TV down. They're like, boom, it's done. We're not watching this. But as I'm going through the gift shop at the end, they have it on the TV and they're blaring it through the speakers. And I had to leave the store early. I could not be near it. I could not be near it. And um, it was, it was just a dagger. So fresh, a fresh wound at that point and, and rubbing salt into it. But um do you think the bigger news if the union had won would have been the union or would it have been LAFC losing that game? I mean, I think with any sport, it's 
it's sad but true that the big markets are going to get more of the attention and why they screwed it up. Uh, you had home field advantage. You had Gareth Bale. You had Chiellini. I think you have uh, a coach that um, is going to get questioned quite a bit just because he's a younger coach that hasn't had a lot of experience. And then I think you're going to get into the greatness of the union. I mean, think about it, Jordan. What has been the headline throughout the year? It's not been the Philadelphia Union who've had a historic run. Um, and had that been in Subaru Park, I think we'd be, we'd be talking about a different story. Um, and unfortunately, because MLS, I think, is going to have a really hard time filling stadiums at a neutral site for two teams. I think that's just not an option right now because um, the sport's just not big enough to do a neutral site, which really stinks because I, I, I like the one sport that I really like that I think has the most unfair or that has the most fair advantage as far as both teams are concerned is the Super Bowl because they can play uh, in different stadiums. But I, I think ultimately with this, if this would have happened, you were going to get is Carlos Vela done. Is Gareth Bale leaving? Is Gareth Bale going to then perform well in the World Cup because he didn't play much with LAFC? Uh, you know, what does that story and narrative start to turn into? It starts to turn into that. Whereas the Union, it would have been like, wow, it was a great run, historic. They had one of the best goalkeepers. Congratulations. They get their first. But I, like, it, it just doesn't seem to be a draw because... I don't know. And Philadelphia's fans, I mean, they're so passionate. Uh, and I think what's been really cool is kind of following it with uh, also the Billies losing. It's the first time, I think, in the history of sports that both teams have lost their final and gotten knocked out of the final. Well, that, that is such a bogus stat. And I'm not a <laughs> it really is. fan, it is. but it's not. It's such a bogus yeah. stat because what sport right. possibly <laughs> would end? on the same time of each other. Like usually even the Stanley cup and NBA are the only ones. Yeah. But I mean, like even then usually like, right. I get you. Like, like, uh, like MLS is usually in November, Mm -hmm. right? Like, like, I mean, December, um, like we usually wouldn't be done for another month. Right. But because of the world cup, they had to end it earlier. That's the only reason they even, uh, overlooked why they even overlapped like that. So I saw people saying that and I was like, that is like, such a weird thing to try to like grasp. And then, of course now MLS is major, right? Before they would never include that, but because it was when Philadelphia would lose both, they included it as a major sport, which I thought was funny. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the thing that really drove me nuts the most, and this is something I was on, uh todd's uh you know the free kicks twitter spaces on thursday and he was asking people on there for the keys to the game he had mentioned the game earlier this year and i think i then mentioned the game from uh 2020 before the world shut down and i said a key would be uh to hold the lead if you have it right because if you look at the history of like the one earlier this year, we talked about it last week too, right? When we were going between the history of the two, I said, Oh wow. Union had leads in both of these and blew these games. And so that was my key to the game is if you get a lead, you cannot let them back into it. Now, of course there's only so much you can do when like you have Gareth Bale winning a header over Elliot, Elliot been playing the whole game tired and you have, Bale fresh legs who's six foot one. So it's not even like that much of a disadvantage against Elliot. 
and he just makes a good jump. And he's a world-class player. He comes from Real Madrid. He has played for Tottenham. He has won Champions Leagues. He has won big Champions League matches for Real Madrid. This is nothing for him. Um, so when you, when you have that, it's like, of course, they should win, and they, and they should have, and they did. But that you know that moment those 5 minutes when we had the lead it was like you're you're dreaming and you know every time they're booting the ball away you're like that's what you need to do just boot it away get set and we didn't do that enough and one of the players that i thought had just a really bad match was somebody that's beloved in philadelphia but for me is not one of my favorite players on the union and it's because i feel like this happens a lot with him. It's it was Jose Martinez, El Brujo, uh, who gives the ball away in the build up to that first goal, and then fouls the player that creates the free kick. It was sloppy. There's so many giveaways he had, just like really bad passes, you know, and uh, bad tackles and stuff that I was really, as I'm watching him up there, I was like, I and this is going to be probably blasphemous for other union fans. I just can't wait until he's gone because I feel like there has been, uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like I can't exactly point to other games because I don't have that type of memory, but I know in my mind, there's been other games. He has completely led up, like did the same thing, gave the ball away and then has to foul to try to stop them. Creates a free kick which then scores. And the one thing that should have been one of my keys to the game, but I didn't really think about it is set pieces because LAFC has scored most of their playoff goals off set pieces this year. And what do you not want to do? Give them a set piece (laughs) right outside the box. And we did that twice. And I believe two of them ended up as goals. Um, Definitely the first one was, I can't even remember the second goal at this time. (laughs) It sounds bad. I just can't. I don't even remember. I don't even remember the goal that they scored uh, second. I know all of the union's goals. I can't. I've not rewatched any of LA's part in this game, (laughs) but well, Mario's goal, it would have been, which one was the really funky, like free kick. That was the unions. Wasn't it? It was really like a weird, like free kick that hit off. Yeah, it was off yeah, of. That was yeah. Elliot's. Oh no, uh, Mario's goals uh, was the header uh, in like uh, down towards uh, the three two. Yeah, five, was it two, a corner? It yeah, it was a corner. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you're like giving up, you know, free kicks uh, in dangerous position. Right. Oh, it's all stoppage. It's all from stoppage. Like I don't think what LAFC didn't score a goal in any kind of transition. I think it was all set. Right. Well, yeah, because even the one that they uh, even the one that they equalize on bail right. is a fro- throw-in, right? Um, and a throw-in that that uh, Paxton kind of made a weird jump on. Mm-hmm. If people are interested, watch Kevin Kincaid's breakdown of this uh, on Twitter. He did this great breakdown of where it kind of went wrong. Um, I know some people were blaming Elliot, but really, there's just like he scored two goals too. I mean, what, what are you going to do? He's going up against Gareth Bale. He was a fourth round MLS super draft pick, Jack Elliott. And he's one of the most underrated. We were just talking about on the Twitter spaces too. He's one of the most underrated defenders in the league somehow still. Glesnitz and Wagner Wagner get all of the credit for this union backline. And it's BS. I think Elliott's the better defender over Glesnitz as well. But 
Um, he doesn't get enough love. Uh, he will talk like, about Baizo too, who joins the attack. Yeah, really yeah he well. had a great like game. It, he really so did. Yeah, he blew it last year, right? That he yeah. was one of the no, ones that yeah. gave up that goal in NYCFC, and this year, this postseason, he played phenomenal. So what a rebound! And what we're looking at though is he might be sold. We we know now Paxner Aronson is getting sold to uh, Frankfurt, and we now have uh, I would think Kai Wagner getting sold. Um, maybe El Brujo, but I doubt it. Um, he's like 31, I think. So I don't know if he'd be going overseas. So it's going to be a very different union team, um, going forward. And I think that's my biggest thing is not how it would have made me feel Logan, but the sad part is with the big changes coming through, if this generation of union players, and what I mean by that is like, if this window with the curtain being open and if it's you know jim curtain's run here with these type of players and this squad if all they get is that weird 2020 season supporter shield it's a travesty because this team has been so much better than that and they've been so consistent and more dominant than just ending up with the one supporter shield it will be very very sad if that's all they end up with and it's a real possibility you never know when you're going to get back to the final and we've had such this like progressive build under curtain of okay 2014 open cup 2015 open cup 2018 open cup 2019 winning our first playoff game to 2021 uh, 2020 getting the supporter shield 2021 getting to the eastern conference final 2022 getting to the uh, mls cup final it usually doesn't work that way so it'll be kind of interesting. The next step is literally winning it. That's all you can do at this point. That's the that's the next step you can take is that. So it's tough to get back there. Um, and for people that say the regular season doesn't matter, it's completely wrong. If they don't, if the Union don't lose to Charlotte four nil, they just get a draw that game. They host MLS Cup, and it's a completely different result. I feel. Um, so so that's kind of the frustrating thing for it is when people try to like say it doesn't matter and when we don't know what the playoff system is going to be like next year don garber kind of shied away from the report of the world cup style one which is good um and we're apparently getting maybe san diego before vegas as an expansion team that's something we'll talk more about probably in the off season but I mean, if you yeah. look at it this year uh and, you know, people are always going to bash the playoff system, and it's not perfect, and, and neither is the sprint to the end and the top team gets uh, the trophy. I don't think either system – I think they all have their flaws. The biggest thing, too, though, if you look at this year, Jordan, not one MLS team lost on the road. Uh, like a, the home team – or sorry, the home team won every single time this playoffs. It's the mm. first time, I think, in history that that has happened. So – It's interesting. It – I felt like going into it and I think part of me was rooting for it because I wanted you to be happy, but <laughs> I, I felt that it was LAFC's game to lose there. Yeah. But that being said, I thought the union were, I don't think any other team comes close to LAFC if they had to travel to LAFC for the MLS cup final, except for the union. Like I thought this was the only team capable because they played defense and you saw it. They played well defensively and they still gave up three goals. Like 
I thought they played that's pretty the scary well thing. And I thought and, and, yeah. they're so known for their defense, but every game against LAC is a shootout. So right. it really is just like it's clashing styles. It's, yeah, is what it is. It's a very different thing. But yeah. the Union are able to somehow still keep up with the goal scoring. Yeah. Um, downside, you like I said last week, you brought in uh, Hua for this goal scoring, which he did during the regular season. Playoffs, not so much. Um, kind of went missing the last two games. Luckily, they didn't need him in game one uh, with the Eastern Conference Final, I mean. But this game, I, I didn't even know he was on you the pitch on at the times. Pitch, yeah. And Rich was like, we got to get Corey Burke on. And I agreed. Reversal from last week. But I said, we got to get Corey Burke on. And Rich said, do you take off uh, Mar- Martinez? Because he didn't like the way he was playing either. And I said, you can't. You, like, you just can't. You're going to have to put in a midfielder there. So I said, it's going to be uh, Ua that comes out. And... He was like, Rich was like Fabregas. He was like, no, it can't be him because, of course, you know, this this expectation of you brought in the striker. You need you need the goal, right? You don't want to take out a striker. But I was like, I don't even know he's playing. I can't even tell you where he is on the field. I mean, also, we're looking at a screen far away, but I'm also like, I don't, I can't even tell you what he's doing. Um, so once Corey came in, I think it, they did look a little better than he had to leave injured. It was really confusing in Subaru Park on what was going on with the red card. I'm sure it was confusing on TV too, but Very. we didn't even know that Crepo, like Crepo was Crepo was that injured. Mm-hmm. Um, he was down for a while, which we thought, but we we couldn't. They never showed a replay of it, but we yeah. also couldn't hear the announcers that much to know that like he broke his leg. Yeah. So we're kind of standing there like red, like it should be a red. Why aren't they even varring it? Like we're just standing here. And then they did make the change, thankfully. But uh, that tackle changed the game as well because uh, the Union weren't able to use another sub after they had to switch in somebody for Corey because that was their last window of making a sub. So even when they had the lead, they couldn't sub in a defensive player, which kind of hurt them against, you know, with, with Bale uh, scoring the equalizer. So that, that whole tackle really just kind of sucked um overall um but he had surgery he's he's feeling better crapo yeah it's i mean god it, it was you can see it uh they showed one replay but it was like you had to like go back yourself because they, again and it's good that they've done this they've stopped showing those kind of injuries like it, it they're like we're not showing this unless it's, if it was tua they, they would keep replaying right, they'd be like, Look, he died <laughs> Like he's dying on the field. Look at him. He's dying. His brain's like oozing out of his face. Cause um, like, that's what my, my yeah, wife is sitting there next to me. She's like, why aren't they replaying? And I'm like, cause he got really badly injured according to Twitter. Yeah. She's like, it doesn't stop them any other time. And I'm like, right. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Football, <laughs> especially football. They're like, man, did you see how it broke? That was gross. Yeah. Um, it's bell wrong. Let's show yeah. that again. But you can see the ang- it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think it was a weird, uh, it's just a weird moment because Burke is hurt, Propose hurt. Um, there's a really long lull in the game, which is always going to impact the game. Um, I thought the Union had the upper hand at that point. I thought the Union started to look way more like yeah. we're just going to dominate from here on out. Um, but then it was it was like uh, you know it goes one way or the other on these kind of things. It usually crushes a team when they see an injury like that or it builds a yeah. team up and i think the lafc took off and ran with it and only because 
their backup keeper comes in and, and just uh, you know shuts down the union uh, as far as um, the, the penalties are concerned. But um, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think uh, like uh, yeah um, is the guy that you make that big signing, but uh, Pep does the same thing with the city. When I watch them, if Holland's not performing, then in comes Julian Alvarez. doesn't matter how much money the guy's getting paid. If it's not his game, it's not his game. Uh, right. And clearly Jim Curtin saw what we saw. I think Jordan, you and I, um, that you got to get Burke on and Ura's the really the only replacement that made sense at that point. So I, I think it was a great call. Like, I think honestly, I'd have gone earlier, maybe like, I, I don't know. That's what I, I was think, thinking. I think now that you say that Jordan, I was, I was sitting back going, I don't remember him being mentioned at all, like at all uh, in the game. And uh, me neither. Like, I, mean, I don't I, remember I, him being out there. I don't remember anything he did. Yeah. Ever like touch the ball. Yeah. I don't know how many touches it would be interesting to see how many touches he had, but like, yeah, I don't remember at all. Like what he did. And part of that was that again, the, the midfield wasn't even playing well. We, That's true. I, I, yeah. There was times where they were just trying to like quickly move the ball and would just uh, pass it short or just like, cross it to nobody and then LAFC regain it and just churn that would happen. Uh, I think there was a time where Ua did have a ball and took too many touches in the box and it got knocked away. But, you know, he'll be back. Carranza will be back. Uh, Gazdag will be back. So like the main core of this team, Badoya is going to be back. Blake's going to be back. I would say probably Glesnes and Elliot are going to be back. The main core of this team is going to remain. And I believe in Ernst Tanner to be able to find those other pieces, the Kai Wagner's, the, uh, you know, the Baizo that'll be able to supplement those. Um, we're going to need a backup for, for, uh, um, for Gazdag now that Paxton's leaving. So it's that kind of stuff that's going to need to be sussed out, whether it's from the youth team or getting them from like the third division of Germany, like, like Tanner is one to do. And the thing is the, the squad is going to need some real depth and, you know, it's good for a 90 minute game, but when you have to go that 120, and you're, like I said, you're putting Donovan in and, and you're bringing, bringing Paxton in and you're bringing in the kids, which I was like, that's another reason why I said, if we go to penalties, if we have to re- revert to like, putting it on the shoulder of these kids while they have like Bale, Vela, you know, Vela was out at the time, but like Bale and like, uh, uh, I, I can't even think about Arango and like all their mm-hmm. players that they, that they have that can go step up and take a penalty. All the ones that did and, and scored. You're like, Ooh, let's send up the 16 year old and see if he can do <laughs> it. Like that's kind of rough. Um, yeah. but yeah, overall, uh, look, I wouldn't, the only thing I would trade this for is a win, obviously. But I, I would, I would much rather get to the final than, than get to just the Eastern Conference final again. And uh, I'm partially to blame. And I said this on the on this Twitter spaces. I said if we lose, it's kind of my fault. Because when we were losing to NYCFC, I said, please God, uh, just win this game. I don't care if you lose the final. And that was my fault. I'm yeah. sorry. I shouldn't have said that. And I even prayed again at uh, the game 
at the cup final and I said, God, I will never ask for anything more if you have them win this. And my wife immediately called BS on that as she heard me say that. But I said, I won't ask for anything until the World Cup starts. Right. <laughs> this is only like three weeks. Yeah, I was like, three it's weeks. Like... So he either doesn't exist or he doesn't care about the union. But <laughs> or he's an LAFC fan and he does exist. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but uh, I mean, look, stats wise, Union had XG of 1.6 to LAFC's 0. 0.9. Uh, the percentage of possession was 53 to the Union to 47 to LAFC. It's usually swapped when the Union play LAFC. Usually LAFC will take it and the Union will try to <laughs> go. Passing accuracy was really close, 70% to 69% for the Union, 69 Um Shots on target. Union only had 18% of the shots on target, three out of 17, while they had eight out of 16 on LAFC. Uh, they had zero saves, LAFC did, but 62%. Uh, yeah, five out of the eight shots on target were saves for um, the Union. Andre Blake. Anything we missed about talking about the about this one? <sighs> I mean, Steve Trundle. First year, Steve Trundle, supporter yeah. shield and MLS Cup final winner. Yeah, bastard. Uh- <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, no, wow. I mean, he, I yeah, he's one. He was one. Of, no, I'm talking about Trundle. I mean, he was one okay. of my favorite players growing up, and he coached for Hanover, and he just rips my heart out <laughs> this past weekend, but. Good for Steve Trundolo. All the people that doubt it, that that would be a good signing when I said it was going to be, as if I'm some sort of genius. I don't know. But uh, they got it done. He got him farther than Bradley could, and he actually crossed the line with it. Now, of course, he got a little bit more help when they're like, yeah, we'll sign Bale for you, and we'll sign Chiellini for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I I don't really know why they kept trying to move Arango at all, because he ended up being a big boost (laughs) to their team. But I'm assuming he's going to be gone. Um, and it sounds like Safuentes is going to be gone from some reports that happened too. So uh, they're going to be in a little bit of a rebuild. But for them, I'm assuming they're setting sights on Champions League next. They got to a yeah. final before. They were almost the first MLS team to win it. And uh, now they're going they're, they're going forward with that. And, and like I was saying before, I got off track. I don't even know where I went wrong here. But the union needing depth. They're going to have Champions League, Leagues Cup, Open Cup, MLS. And the same thing with LAFC here. They're going to have Leagues Cup, Open Cup, and Champions League. And the Champions League draw is happening in 14 minutes, by the way. Uh, So we'll see where those teams shake out soon. I don't know if we'll still be on during that time, but uh, that is something that we'll be able to look at. But... Yeah, they're they're going to be able to afford more depth anyway than than somebody like the Union, um, and that's kind of like where you kind of get into this weird situation MLS is in, and MLS is going to get a little bit of I would assume an increase in salary and stuff going into next season um, with the Apple deal and all that kind of stuff. But you know, Ernst Tanner got in trouble earlier this season when he called out. LAFC getting Gareth Bale and thinking there was something wrong with that. And, you know, cause Bale's not a DP and it's that kind of things that even if it's legal and what they're doing, 
which it probably is, right, is that when you come to the U.S., right, there's going to be certain markets that just have an upper hand. And that's going to be your L.A.'s, your Miami's, your New York's, where the players from Europe want to go there to live in the beautiful sun and the big city type of market that those are in, right? So that is where you're going to run into where, like, Miami was able to – well we found out they were kind of doing it incorrectly. Right. But they were able to allure these stars over there and pay them little amounts and then kind of pay them behind the scenes or whatever they were doing. And, you know, it's because they were Miami and LA is able to say to Gareth Bale, Hey, you want to get fit for the world cup? Come live in LA. We have beautiful golf courses. We have beautiful weather the whole season. Come to LA and we can only pay you this much this year, but next year you can be making this much. And he's able to take that cut because he is already rich and he wants to live somewhere nice. He's like, that sounds great, man. And it's those type of things where like teams like Philly, Cincinnati, Minnesota are not going to be able to do that because they're going to be who wants to go to those cities, right? Like, I mean, at least Philly's still on the Eastern seaboard, right? But if you're looking at teams that are like St. Louis, uh, Charlotte, um, Minnesota, Minnesota, (laughs) where people are like overseas, don't even know where they are. Right. Like that's where they get into more of a, more of a problem of how do we convince these people to come here for little money and then we can pay them better next year. So that's just something that, you know, and why I say LA sh- should have won is because they have that advantage of being able to recruit players of, uh, Hey, it's going to be beautiful here. Miami, same thing. There's going to be, now it didn't work for Miami. We'll see if it does, if they get messy, <laughs> but, uh, you know, where they're able to kind of flaunt that, like, here's this nice weather and, uh, we can only pay you this much right now, but next year we can pay you a lot more and players are able to do that. And that's going to be what, you know, Chris Albright is going to have to do it since he is be creative and find those nuggets like Ernst Tanner currently is doing. And I think what you're going to see is at some point, I don't know how long this can last, right? Like if we keep increasing the salary cap, but the union keep play union and like Cincinnati keep having to do like smaller deals, like how much will the parody continue to last? That's going to be a question as we continue going into it. But I think what you might see is, and what Cincy started to do when they hired Chris Albright, is trying to replicate that union model. And I think more teams are going to try that because it got them a minute and a half away from an MLS Cup against the big spenders. So I think you're going to see the rich teams are going to be able to go out like LAFC will, and you're going to have the not rich teams that are going to go out there and do what the union did. And we're going to see this change over time, I think. But the thing is, and this is where it can fall back on the union as well, is that they have to nail the signings. We saw this with Atlanta when they were making big signings from South America. They hit on Almiron, and then they busted on every single other one. That is going to be, at least then you're not spending big money for the union. Like They're not paying $15 million for Miguel Almiron or um, Sosa or whatever down in Atlanta. 
they're not doing that up in Philly. They're pe- spending 300k, <laughs> and they'll if that bust, they're able to say, you know what, let's spend another 300k and get somebody else in here. But it'll be interesting to see how this evolves and how this, what teams are going to latch on to what models, because those are the two most successful models. Whatever some of these other teams are doing are not working. Whatever DC United's doing right now is not working. And they had to fire their GM and Wayne Rooney's taking over and they're going to try something else. But that'll be interesting to just see how, how this shapes up here because you know what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of baseball, like soccer usually does, where you have your money ball teams like Oakland or the Orioles. And then you have your big spenders like... Uh, the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Mets and having to see how, what team, what teams are emulating what models like Orioles are basing themselves off the Houston model, which has been successful. They just won a second world championship Um, while the Yankee model and the Dodger model has not been successful. The Dodgers won one world series, 2020 Yankees haven't been back since 09, right? And the Dodgers haven't won before 2020. It was like the 80s, right? So there's this, like, it'll be very interesting because LAFC is probably not going to win next year. They're going to have a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of competitions they have to focus on. And you just haven't had back-to-back MLS winners in a long time. So this will be where it's very interesting to see how do they you know, what teams are going to use what structures because I think these are the two most successful structures. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, you've got game plans in place for, and from what I understand, and I think Tendenwald, is that how you say his name? Is that the affiliate? Jonathan Tendenwald, yeah. Tendenwald, okay. Um, he, the Tannenbaum. You know, yeah. Kind of he alluded to the fact that the union and I think he was tweeting at like a newer union fan that said, Oh man, we're in a lot of trouble because Paxton's leaving and all these guys are, you know, towards the end of their time with the union. So they're going to sell them off. And he said, well, you wouldn't think that way if you've seen what I've seen in the youth uh, Academy for the union Um, that these guys like McGlynn, um, like Paxton, like these are just the start of the, the iceberg where the peak, there's still kids in their Academy that they're, uh, touting as very highly uh, rated prospects. So I think with the union and Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati gets there. Cincinnati just started. Um, But I think both of them build through youth, build through scouting. Like they're huge in scouting. The union and Cincinnati, they're known for their scouting. They go to South America. They do uh, their work there. They go to places like Brazil, Argentina. They might go to, you know, places in Europe starting soon. I know the union are more um, into that market than Cincinnati, I think, are. And that's where Ura came from. Um, and Gazdog, like, that's a bunch of scouting that the union are doing over there. And those aren't younger guys, but they're they're guys that are just undiscovered right now. And I think that's what you got to do, right? I mean, th- that's the beauty about soccer compared to any other sport is it's like the how flock. massive. Yes. They yeah. brought Flock over young. Right. He's probably going to get sold either this year or next mm-hmm. year. And he's using that as a part of, let me get seen, because I wasn't getting seen. Yep. And then I can get bounced up higher or get a starting job somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but it is. It's just a good way to like build your team. And I think that the union and Cincinnati are doing it correct. I wish Orlando would do the same thing. But we seem to be in this sense of, like, let's go after the sparkly pieces. 
Um, I yeah, think Fakuda Torres has been the only one they've hit on. So what is their uh, I mean, what's their youth setup like at Orlando? I don't ever hear of. There's not there. Through. There's not Mikey Holiday. I think was the only one that was worth a damn, and he was a right back. He's still there, but he doesn't play because Ruan is probably one of our best defenders. If right, not yeah. Defenders. So uh, th- there's not much. And anytime that I you ever hear about some of the youth pieces, they go back to said country where they come from um, because it mm. just doesn't pan out well. So uh, Orlando's a mess. Um, and, I, and I think other teams are like them. Like I think Minnesota's built exact same way. Like I don't think they've got a bunch of youth that are exciting. Uh, they're not great. Um, I would say Austin does a really nice job as far as recruiting. Uh, I mean, to find Sebastian Jerusi, like this guy could be playing Premier League soccer, um, but he's over here playing in the U.S., uh, for an Austin team that I think, I mean, man, if you look at it, uh, uh, to be able to do what they did with Facundo Torres or Facundo uh, Facundes, um, I, I think that Facundo mm-hmm. Torres, uh, that's a new name. Um, that's uh, <laughs> Fernando Torres's brother. Um, no, but that was Facundo Torres and all of them mixed up together. Um, but like Cecilio Dominguez, when he, you know, was playing and playing well. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I think there's a lot of teams that are just kind of buttering uh red bull like what the hell's wrong with them like they've got a network of teams and they can't do anything with with the new york based team their other yeah. teams are fantastic they're champion league teams so like the fact that red bulls struggle here so much is concerning um remember when caden clark was the talk of the town hell you never hear anything about caden clark anymore he's going back so, over but right. yeah he didn't he didn't play much i don't right. think you don't hear anything about him so what was his like, uh I don't think he spent much time doing anything. Um, so I don't know. Red Bull are in a, in a mess. Like I, I don't know what their situation mm-hmm. is, but they're they're That's the tough part. Like where these big teams, like like a Miami. I think Miami could spend a ton of money. They just don't do it correctly. Yeah. Well, they just signed. Uh, yeah, Phil Neville has got a mm-hmm. contract extension there. So okay, uh, he played sixteen games, but he only started three. Okay. And Clark, and he had one goal, two assists. So he didn't really get a lot. He only had 475 minutes. His whole reason of getting sent back here was for him to play and get ready for going over there. I don't, I don't get that. Whatever. <laughs> uh oh well. But uh yeah, so I, I think we're wrapping up here. I'm thinking I might go live here for the um, draw. <laughs> in a second but yeah anything else logan before we get out about mls cup i know we got uh no some, I mean, some we... moves we'll probably have to talk about later and some stuff afterwards but it was how about you you've only watched like maybe a couple mls cups was this the yeah. best one so far oh gosh yes i i think and it's gonna be really hard to beat this one um I know three, the, three, the top two seeds. Yeah. Like this was, and two incredible. of the best, I think, teams in history. Historically, I think they're two of the best teams. Not so, by points, but not definitely, by points, right? Like, but yeah. like, by I think talent-wise, yeah, LAFC talent. has by far the best talent. I think you have possibly ever on paper. Um, the fact that people are going to be able to look back at this 
Jordan and go, oh my God, Gareth Bale came off the bench and scores uh, an equalizer. What? Uh, on the on I know the when I saw he, it was him, I was like, it had to be Bale. Yeah. On the year he goes in and knocks out the United States of America out of the mm, group. Better not. <laughs> Jordan will have his head. Um, <laughs> Gareth Bale, watch out. Um, but no, I, I think, uh, and then historically, I think the Union are one of the best teams ever. So, uh, it's too bad. Like I, I really do wish there was a more neutral way to have these MLS Cup finals, just because it just feels like. I mean, I don't, I don't know. New York City goes into probably the hardest place to play in all of MLS and beats a Portland Timbers team. So I don't know. I guess anything's possible, but I just it's the only flaw of the playoff system. We've done neutral finals and they weren't yeah. great. So I, there would I, be no I fans. Would... So, I mean, they still had fans show up, but yeah. it wasn't like you wouldn't have the atmosphere the way you did in this right. game. And I think it's okay. It's a good thing of, you know, you had the best record in the, in the league. Yeah. You, um, you just... And every team knows that going in to the season. So I guess we'll see what they, I'm assuming if this league does really take off in 25 years, you'll have a Super Bowl type event with neutral finals again. But I think as it stands now where like if you hosted this in Toronto and it's LFC and union, it's like, who's going to go people in Toronto that want to see LAFC. Right. But I mean, what if the final was in Toronto and it's Cincy versus Orlando, which can't happen. Never mind. Cincy versus minnesota is it getting a big turnout probably <laughs> probably not um unfortunately all right well if you want to reach us and if anybody wants to reach us we are at stateside show on uh every platform so uh any any last words logan no, it's just sad that the night drive ended so abruptly. <laughs> can you there hear it? Go. I can't hear it. I can hear it now. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I, yeah. I can't hear it. I thought it okay. wasn't working. So I, I was like, oh, man, it, it just all of a sudden, it was like you were putting me in the night drive, and all of a sudden, it was like the lights came on. Speaking of which, we were at Fantasmic, those that are Disney fans, and the lights came on. That's kind of what this felt like, Jordan. It kind of felt like you were just ending the show early because of weather or something stupid. I had a long night drive right. on Saturday. <laughs> Uh, but good season, man. It, it was a lot of fun talking about this year. Second year yeah. in the books already, Jordan, and we have a World Cup coming up. That's we have exciting. a World Cup coming up, and then we have year three with the new Apple TV deal. Right. Uh, which we'll have a lot to sink our <laughs> teeth into. Another new team. This is yeah. Logan's like second, uh, three straight year, <laughs> third straight year with the new team as good he Lord. follows the league. Uh, that's great. But yeah, so uh, at Stateside Show, if you want to reach us, I'm probably going to hop off here and go live for Champions League. And uh, you'll have that as a separate episode in the feed. But hope everyone had a great MLS season. We'll catch you next time when we start previewing our 2022 World Cup. Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap 
the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.